Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Sorry Partner, a weekly podcast about bridge and all things interesting to bridge players, brought to you by bridge partners and friends, Catherine Harris and Jocelyn Starts. On today's program, we talk with Adi Asulin about how she focuses her energy, the importance of encouraging your partner, and her top tip for developing players. But first, let's kibitz. Hi, Jocelyn. Hi, Catherine. How are you? How's your week? Oh, you know, my week's fine. I had an absolute disaster of a game yesterday. Um, <laughs> actually came bottom of the field, which has not happened to me for a very long time. Not to say that I always come top, but rock bottom. And normally my partner and I post-mortem after the game and I checked in with him because we were playing online and said, oh, can you talk afterwards? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then we got to the last round and I just couldn't face it. So I just texted him <laughs> and said, maybe next week. It was just a disaster, Jocelyn, everything wrong. I don't know what was going on, but it was it was a disaster. Anyway, that's me. How has your week been? My week's been fine. Unfortunately, I'm well familiar with that coming in last and that horrible feeling and not wanting to do a postmortem with partner. <laughs> it's usually pretty mutual. It's not like your partner wants to postmortem with you either. In that situation. Oh, no, he couldn't, he couldn't have agreed fast. <laughs> He's like, it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Although there's probably a lot to learn. It's just so demoralizing. Oh, it's so upsetting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, especially like if there's an imbalance or a perceived imbalance in the partnership, like one of the partners is a lot, I don't know, more experienced or better. Oh, that's true in this situation. He's he's an expert player and I'm so grateful to him for playing with me and I have learned a lot, but then I just always feel so much more self-conscious when I muck up because I feel appraised, you know, 
It, it's not a level playing field. Right. And that is, that's really especially scary. I, you know, I, I recognize that. And I was thinking a lot about, remember our conversation with Disa when she recommended that it's a really good idea to play up. And I agree with her, but it's easier said than done because in order for you to play up, someone else has to be willing to play down. And it's it's one thing if you're willing to pay them and it's a pro, then sure. But if it's a situation where you want to be in a partnership with someone, but there's that lopsided quality, it's especially nerve wracking. Not that you want to turn it down. It's just something that comes with it. Sometimes it's nice to to have a more balanced partnership for that reason. Although I do think to improve, it is a really good idea. But it's also really, it's hard to find people who are willing to play down. In fact, I remember the first time I was given the advice, play up. I sort of looked around and said, oh, okay, well, would you be willing to play with me? And the person who had very kindly advised me that I needed to play up said, oh, no, not me. (laughs) And it was like, okay, so now what do I do? And I mean, it's just always felt really, um, really difficult. Like there wasn't like a mentorship program built in when I was learning. It was either you pay someone or you take what you can get. And I've definitely noticed that some people are better at it than others at attracting really good partners when they're just beginning. That didn't really happen to me. It took a while. And there have been a few people who have been willing to play with me very occasionally who were a lot better than me until until more recently. And then I think maybe as I've improved, I can now aim a little bit higher up. But you know what was really great with those pro-am games? Have you ever done that? It was a good opportunity. Of course, they don't happen all that often, but you get to play with someone who is much better and they're sort of in a position of being a mentor. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean, but it's so interesting because, you know, I've had a couple of opportunities along the way to play with better players. And it's not just a question of playing up. You've also got to be playing with somebody who is prepared to point things out to you in a way that you can understand. And, you know, there was one one person who would offer on a semi-regular basis to play with me. And I just always felt so uncomfortable because I could see how frustrated he was getting with my game, but he never actually pointed anything out. And I had a, a friend who was also a much better player than me at the time saying, oh, no, you should do it still You should because you'll learn so much. <laughs> but it depends how you learn. Like unless someone can point something out to me, I'm not learning anything. I'm aware that something's going on at the table that I'm not processing. But it actually just wasn't helpful to me at all, you know. So it's not just about playing up, but it's about the kind of feedback that that person is prepared to give you. You know, it's such a weird dynamic, those power imbalances, because I've also been in situations where I've known that the player is better than me. And I think they're trying not to hurt my feelings by not pointing things out to me. (laughs) But you're going through the stress already of playing with somebody that you know is much better than you. I mean, at that point, I want them to tell me I'm not getting anything just by being in their company. I'm not intuiting stuff just from being around them. You know, you can watch anybody play. 
the value of it is, is that they're packaging of their experience in such a way that they will share that with you and in a way that you can hear it. So it's not just about playing up, it's about playing appropriately and about a spirit of generosity. It's not, it's not simply a question of that person's, um, turning up for the game. They, they have to be prepared to share something of themselves with you and, those program games are marvelous because it, it formalizes the relationship of instructor and, and protege. And I think then allows that relationship to, to happen in that way where the expert feels encouraged to share their knowledge. But when it's less formal, it's often quite a tricky terrain to navigate. I don't know if you've found that. You know, I have. I have for sure. I do remember, yeah, one of the tidbits given to me one of my early pro-am games, this wonderful, very young player just said every single bid, every single play of every card is more information. And you just sort of add it and you shape, you visualize, it adds to the information that you have. I mean, it's similar to what a number of the experts we've talked to have said, but it was just sort of like you you add and subtract information and you eliminate possible scenarios based on the new information that you're getting. And for some reason, it was the way he said it was super, super helpful. And I could have probably benefited from playing with him more. But yeah, I play with somebody who's a lot better than me regularly. And I think one thing that helps is that we have similar styles, I guess, at the table. Like we both like bidding, perhaps. And she taught me a whole defensive system that she really likes. And it really worked for me. So the things that she shares with me work for me. Whereas I think if I played with someone who was like, had a very different kind of set of skills and was really fabulous at visualizing all the cards without really thinking about even how they're able to do that, I think it'd be hard to play with someone who that came really easily too. I had a partner who was mentoring me, but their system was so different to the one that I knew. And so I just felt like it just became this intense homework every time I played with them of trying to review my notes. And, you know, but there was nothing nuanced about it. It wasn't informing the fabric of my game in terms of understanding a logic about it. It was just trying to internalize a set of rules for these games. It never seemed to manifest with anybody else. (laughs) So ultimately, it just was a huge amount of work. And I really don't know that I got anything out of it. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, we muddle on through. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of muddling, we've had some letters in the mailbag. Are you interested in, in hearing a letter? Always, Catherine. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the, the title of this one's quite apropos. The subject line is Suckers for Punishment, and it's from Rochelle in Sydney, Australia. Here we go. There are two very smartly dressed women in their early 80s who always play together at my club. Anyway, they're incredibly deaf, but also somehow incredibly sensitive to noise. So they're constantly telling people to be quiet or admonishing other tables with shh, but they're so loud themselves it's distracting (laughs) even if you're sitting on the other side of the room. One day towards the end of the game, I found myself at their table. Maybe I was tired or maybe I'd just gone off for minus 1100. But for whatever reason, my fuse was short and I'd been hearing them calling for people to be quiet all afternoon. 
I was trying to play a hand when they started up again, shushing the room. Shh, shh, they stage whispered, though they weren't really whispering. That was it. (laughs) I snapped. Would you be quiet? I scolded them. I'm trying to think. You're noisier than everyone else in here. (laughs) Well, that shut them up and everyone else too. (laughs) For a moment, you couldn't hear a pin drop, but just for a moment. As the women began to recover from the shock, they began to loudly voice their offence. Who do you think you are? How dare you speak to me like that? You're so rude. I've got a good mind to call the director. Tut, 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 tut. You get the idea. (laughs) And the truth is, it was awkward. I'm not one for losing my temper and I did regret it, especially as I knew I'd be seeing them at the same time and place the following week. Jumped to that game a week later and wouldn't you know it, they were our first opponents. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, of course. (laughs) I greeted them warmly as I greet all players who come to our table, but I honestly didn't know how they were going to react to me. I expected them to be withdrawn and haughty, determined not to speak to me. (laughs) But that couldn't have been further from the truth. They were sweet as pie, sweeter even. It wasn't just a reset as though they'd forgotten all about our run-in. They were now fawning over me, leaning in, smiling, going out of their way to praise me. I wasn't (laughs) sure if they were mocking me or if this was a twisted game they'd devised together to make me uncomfortable. (laughs) But the other shoe never dropped. Their kindness has continued to this day. They still loudly shush everyone else. But when I get to the club, they come over and say hello. They're clearly excited (laughs) when I sit at their table. (laughs) They even seek me out for advice about the hands. Maybe I should have scolded them sooner. (laughs) Well, they're just gluttons for punishment, those ladies. Oh, my God, that's so funny. People are so clueless about how hypocritical they can be at the table. It's unbelievable. Like, you're reminding me of this guy who plays very, very slowly and then tells his opponents, hurry up. (laughs) It's like, it's like, it's like, you're, you know, pot, meat, kettle, you know, kind of thing. But it's just, yeah. There was a man at a club I played at who was also very bothered by the noise, but rather than going to the trouble of getting proper earplugs, he used to arrive at the club and then go into the man's bathroom and emerge with toilet paper stuffed in his ear. And he'd sit there the whole time with his toilet paper sticking out of his ears. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, my God. Okay, so people are ridiculous and hypocritical and nuts. (laughs) Yeah, they're nuts. They're nuts. That's nuts. (laughs) If you've got a bridge story about manners or inappropriate behavior at the table or really any fun or interesting story about Bridge, send it to us at sorrypartnerpodcast at gmail.com and maybe we'll read it out on the show. Coming up next, our interview with Adia Sulin. Adi Asulin learned to play Bridge at school when she was 11. By 14, she was representing Israel on its national team. She and her bridge partner, Ila Levy, regularly compete in national and international events, such as the European Team Championships, 
the World Team Championships, and the World Bridge Series. They are also the driving forces behind the Israeli Bridge Federation program Elita Sportayot, which encourages young girls to play bridge. We began by asking her what she loves most about the game. The thing I love mostly about bridge uh, is that you can always learn more and more. You can always develop and improve uh, in the future. It's the game that never gets boring. And it's combined so many things. You have teamwork, you have memory, you have psychology. And mostly, if you want to get better, it's a lot of practice and willpower. And we know, like, in today's world, people all the time, they seek uh, repeat satisfaction. And it's bridge game. It's not the case. It takes time <laughs> and devotion only to learn and understand the base. So it's beautiful. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What was your earliest memory of playing bridge? <laughs> My earliest memory in bridge, it's, uh, it's going back when I was uh, 12 and a half. And uh, my first bridge partner, uh, Nilva, was, was her name. She left me because I choose to spend the summer in a roller skate camp and not in bridge camp. Which <laughs> <laughs> uh, made her believe that I'm not devoted enough to play bridge. I immediately was looking for a solution. And then I choose Ilan. She was a new player to bridge. But she was an amazing talent. She was a fast laner and very competitive. Last few, so competitive. Like our partnership starts, uh, we are meeting at my parents' roof. I, I had a beating box. Uh, we're like asking a question, like, what is this? And what's about this? And we are learning with and listening uh, to each other's thoughts. So how did you and you learn me? We were in the same school, but she's so smart. So she jumped one class. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in her class, they didn't learn bridge. They teach only, only us bridge. And her neighbor uh, was uh, in my class. 
we had a, a class after school. And she was like, okay, I will come with you. And he told her, no, you can't. You don't know bridge. <laughs> and she was like, if you know, I can learn that. And that <laughs> was like that. She, she's such a first learner. It's amazing. So she came and she started and she got it through so fast. Was it part of school or was it just when you were at elementary school at that period in your life? Uh, it was a pilot for, for some classes. So it was on the fifth grade. So we have first class is English, second class is history, third class is old bridge. Wow. And so that was a pilot. Did they keep doing it? Yeah, actually, the Israeli Bridge Federation, they have a program. And I was teaching a few years ago. And actually, our school take first in the tournament for all the other schools so we were so proud of that <laughs> so I felt like I am closing a circle like I start like that yeah oh that's very nice so Adi do you have a favorite tournament that you like to play uh, I really love uh, a lot festival and we have the Tel Aviv festival in Israel you can also come and you can travel our land and you can play a good bridge in our festival, it's combined. If there is like one day mix, one day IMP, one day a match point. There is so many different levels and different kind of competition that you can come and play. So um, what about strange or unexpected things that have happened to you when you've been playing at tournaments? What, what is the, the strangest or most unexpected thing that's ever happened to you? I had something like it was really unexpected. In 2016, we had uh, trials in Israel for choosing the women team. So we know that we need to give everything to get in. And the morning of the day, on the way to the tournament, we also pick another player who was older. And Ila, she's being a gentlewoman. She moved to the back seat to let the older player in the front. And I was really fresh about the tournament. And I didn't notice and I was getting to the back of the car and it's take her time to get in. And I, I started to drive and I, I suddenly <laughs> noticed that I, I drove on her foot by accident before <gasps> the last day on the tournament. Oh no. So, and what happened? I started to cry. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I felt so bad and you know Blanston's shoes Eli these shoes yeah. by mistake but they are so strong shoes so Eli say we are going to play and she gonna continue the tournament she was such a hero and I was crying <laughs> she was like Adi it would be okay and then we arrived I was still crying and everyone asked Kila, what is going on? Why I'm crying? <laughs> and she was like, she ran over my foot and she's crying yeah. and I'm not crying. Yeah, she take a lot of Advil in that day. Anyway, we end up on the fourth place and we feel so disappointed. After that, we went to the yard and they text us like, welcome to the team. So we start to jump on one leg, like we were so <laughs> excited about it that they choose us. 
And after that, we won the first place in Europe in the pairs, and we won after that the world championship, one on another. Has she ever let you drive again? Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Adi, what is your particular strength, do you think, in bridge? Ooh, I would say that I believe my play strategy is very good and I know how to focus my energy. I have a lot of patience that help me play hours and hours and stay focused. How do you do that? I think the best way is to start to do meditation and you start to listen to the silence because every time we are fighting with our partner or we all feel bad about things, it takes us energy. We need to learn and we need to understand that if we want to do good in a competition, we need to be focused for a long time and we need to know what to do with our energy. You should remember there is another person in the other side and you need to compare results after. And you need to be decent with yourself and with your team because in the end you have, you have the same goal. How do you practice for a tournament? How do I practice? Yeah, like is it just a question of playing a lot of games or do you set up particular kinds of hands? What is the difference between just playing a lot and practicing for a tournament? I think in bridge, you need to be in the same head with your partner. So you don't need just to be a good player. You need to be a good partner and you need to have a good communication. You need to understand each other. You need to to know uh, a lot of situation. And you practice, you play a lot of ball. And then if you have a coach, you play, you are, do that in two separate ways. You are doing the mental way and you are doing the, the, the playing way. And you need to mix between the two. When I coach, I, I have to tell them, okay, you have to move your body. If you want more blood to get to your brain. So I tell them like on the break, you can do sprint. You can go wash your, uh, you wash your head with water. You can do stretch. It's important to mix the, the body and the brain and the soul. <laughs> so do you think that men are better bridge players than women? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> So you feel that really there should be no difference between the performance of men and women? In amazing world, when, when there is equal scene, everything, I would say yes. But for today, we open a program for that in Israel that's called Elite uh, Sportayot. We with the Israeli Bridge Federation, me and Ila, and it's, it's amazing because it's helped to promote a uh, woman. And because of that, the last time there was a, a girls' championship, it was all the girls from this program went to this championship. And in the women championship, five from the six were in this program. So we can see that, like, in the field, that it's something that can develop all the time. That's great. Have you ever had a non-bridge experience that then affected your bridge game and how you play? Uh, in the last three years, I started to practice uh, yoga and I understand there are some things that I'm dealing uh, with bridge. 
like the biggest truth for me is to accomplish the progress from the person I were yesterday because you don't know what is the background of the other player and you don't know our damn weaknesses or their strength. You don't know that. You need to compare only to yourself. You need to know yourself better than others. You need to listen to yourself. And when you get to a high level of listening to yourself, you know what is the best for you and your partnership, if I'm talking about Brit. And I was thinking, why Brit is such an amazing game? And I, I feel like the beauty of this game is we are never alone. There is always our partner will support us and be there in the good and the bad times. Um, I believe in, in people uh, and people kind and people uh, good and our togetherness. Men and women together to make this world a better place, to live, to learn from each other, and to be there when it's tough. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. So, Adi, do you have any favorite conventions or gadgets that you just love to, to play with your partner? To be honest, I have a really simple agenda uh, when it comes to method. I think the main goal is to help us describe how much we have uh, dividing them. And we need to save energy. So it's really, it's really uh, focusing on the partnership. And you should ask yourself if this convention, it's taking me more energy or it's good for the flow. And in the meantime, you can practice, practice this convention. But when it's not uh, intuitive, it's sometimes not good for the flow when you are playing. Thinking back to when you first learned to play, what do you wish you knew then that you know now? Um, first, I think that in uh, every level in life, you learn something else. And if I would say to a D from the age 11, what I know now, she would, she would say, what? <laughs> If actually I would think about that more deeply, I would say be patient, be nice to your partner. Everything will be good in the end if you just practice and enjoy and listen to yourself and in the way. And what is the best bridge advice or tip that you've ever been given? Oh, I played with Eldad uh, Gidasar, my coach, in a, in a national festival in Tel Aviv. He was visiting uh, Israel, he's living uh, now in Chicago. And uh, I was so excited to play with him. And, and in one word in the competition, I played 7-0 and I really wanted to know like what is the best play because I had like three different play and I need to know if to do squids or to do a double finesse. And I, I was looking for the right play and I, I missed guess and I, I, I was one down and I had like three people watching me. And I asked, I asked, I was asking his dad, can I make this board? And he was like, we'll talk about it in the end. And from that point, I understand. I truly understand. I swear to God. How much is important not to talk with a partner? And only when I felt that on my body, I understand how much is important because we finish first in the end. But 
if I, I will not move on and I didn't focus on the other thing, I will never can get to this play. And we had a good atmosphere while we were playing. That's super important. That was terrific. Thank you. Thank you. It was, it was uh, really interesting for me to, to talk with you and to explore things on uh, that level. So thank you for the opportunity. And that's the show. Thanks to Adias Yulin, Robina Astley, Catherine Girardot, Dan Graboy, Theo Hassan, and Alex Tyers. Send your bridge stories and comments to sorrypartnerpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, but be nice or we'll call the director. Until next week, play well. May all your finesses be on side. And remember, as Adi says, don't discuss the hands until after the game. Thank you, partner. Thank you, partner. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.